Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Here's Armstrong and Getty. key fob today, so I was standing out back of the building, banging on the door, yelling my name. Eventually, somebody came. Let me in. Let me in. I'm Jack Armstrong. Nobody cares. Never heard of you. (laughs) Live from Studio C. C, senor. Dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound with hung bunting and uh, cray paper, because it's Friday. That's what you do every Friday. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Jim Eagle. All right. (laughs) Hilarious comedy stylings of Joe Biden. I've forgotten that one. Holy cow, so much to say. (laughs) Makes Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. (laughs) Yikes. Yeah. So I forgot my, I forgot everything today. I don't have anything in my pockets. I don't have my uh, key fob. I don't have my guitar pick. Probably more importantly, I don't have a driver, driver's license, or credit card. Whoops. Or uh, anything. You normally yeah. carry a guitar pick? Uh, every day of my life. Huh. Okay, so I stumble upon somebody with a guitar. Um, who needs it picked. Who needs it picked, and how. Evidently, uh, you grabbed your car keys. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, uh, if I were to uh, follow over on the sidewalk, though, and hit my head and die, and people would rifle through my pockets. Uh, we have an unknown man here. It's a mm-hmm. mystery. John Doe. Exactly. John Doe. What is the mystery? Jim Eagle. Maybe I'm maybe Jim Eagle has fallen <laughs> and hit in his head. Maybe this is the mysterious Jim Eagle here at our feet. Uh so do you want to explain that or is that a tease for later? Well, yeah, as I said, he at one point described the uh, proposed voting changes by Republicans as, as so horrible they make Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. To which everybody said Yeah, I got, what? I got a question. <laughs> Who's Jim Eagle? <laughs> this Jim makes Eagle. Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. See, an eagle is a, a, a more impressive bird than a crow, so I guess these laws would be even worse than because Jim Crow, because an eagle is more... But an eagle is better than a crow. Is better a bigger than and more aggressive, so that would be worse, you'd think, unless it means eagles are prettier, but that's a value of, judgment uh, in birds that I think is uh, misplaced. <laughs> <clears throat> the crow is actually a fascinating creature, Jack. So we'll, uh, I guess we'll explain that in full later and play some clips. Man, that tanker in the Suez Canal is really, really stuck. Oh, yeah. Holy cow. Well, there are ships now that have decided, screw it, we're just going to sail around Africa what did instead Ma- what? of waiting. What did Magellan do? We're going to do that. Yeah. Crazy. Pull up the alternate routes on their uh, their smartphone. Oh, yes. Wait, what? Yes. What did DeSoto do? <laughs> we'll do that. Around Africa. My favorite meme, and there are quite a few, was, no matter how bad your screw-up is today, at least it won't be seen from space. <laughs> and they've got the satellite picture of the Suez Canal all backed up. So apparently they're making hardly any headway at all. It's just so giant, and there's so much dirt. I mean, Sean showed me a picture yesterday of an enormous, you know, piece of uh, equipment for digging out dirt. But next to that ship, it looked like a tiny little kid's toy, mm. like a kid with a plastic shovel. Yeah, exactly. In terms of uh, you making any headway, and so that doesn't that's going so slow. So they're talking about getting all the fuel out of it so that it would be much lighter. But they think it would tip over if they did that, and then that would oh, be boy. a huge mess. 
My brother, who actually is a seafaring man, was discussing the possibility Yar! of... Does he ever say that? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, we were discussing the possibility of unloading it, but you'd need a floating crane, and you'd have to do one container at a time, which would probably take 50 years. So what do you do? Hit it with an ICBM and just blow it to smithereens? I don't know. It's I forget how many billions of dollars a day it's costing. It's a lot of money. Ten so, percent of the world's goods or whatever travels through that canal. Right, but just in terms of money, you will never be returned because of you know uh, things not getting there on time, et cetera, et cetera. It's billions of dollars a day. So there, you know, you could throw a lot at it and still come out ahead uh, in terms of trying to get it out of the mud. I guess. But yeah, originally they were saying we're trying not to damage the ship. I'm thinking you're going to damage the ship now. <laughs> yeah, at some point you might just have to cut it in half or something. I don't know. You know, this is a classic sort of thing that, like, Superman would come do in a comic oh, book. Yeah. A giant ship is stuck and Superman would fly in and lift it up in the air. Thank you, Superman, <laughs> everyone would say from the shore. The economy appreciates the effort. Thank well, you. What would we do without Superman? <laughs> what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sail around Africa. Just keep looking at it. Man, that thing is stuck. Can you what believe you th- that? <laughs> what do you think we ought to do? We could dig it out. <laughs> How long did that take? I don't know. I saw a tweet yesterday where somebody said, has anybody tapped on the captain's shoulder and said, have you tried cranking the wheel all the way to one side <laughs> and then hitting the gas? <laughs> rocket, rocket, forward and back, forward and back. <laughs> I tried that already. I hope Oprah gets the first interview with whoever was responsible for this, because I wonder what that felt like. First of all, how did he get completely sideways? Do we know that at all? Or was it a she? Yeah. Was it a she driving? Oh, oh boy. Stop right there. All right. I hear you working. I know you. Stop right there. A big super high wind sandstorm event. Uh, yeah, sand was in my eyes. That's it. That's uh, why no I ran visibility. into the garage. The, the, the wind was blowing. It turned the ship. Uh, it was crazy. Everything happened at once. Ah! <laughs> a, blue, a bee flew right into the captain's uh, pit there. <laughs> But I wonder at what point the person realized, oh, my God, I have made a mistake of historic proportions. Jim, what's that scraping noise? This I is the, this. us going on shore, sir. <laughs> and like you're gunning the engines and nothing's happened. I mean, because I've done that a million times with mud and snow and various things like that, but never, never to this extent, really. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Like you said, a mistake that can be seen from space. <laughs> Try to avoid that today at work. <laughs> Uh, it's teamwork that makes the dream work, and that's why we introduce everybody in the squad. There's our technical director, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, poaching eggs. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm uh, doing good. Uh, the wife is meeting a friend to do ceramics today. They're going to pick there out stuff go. and uh, you know doing painting. But it reminds me of when I was in high school and doing a wood shop and mm-hmm. how poorly I did at it. And I'd have a box, and there'd be like three sides, you know, and <laughs> one was def- the fourth side was deformed. And the high, sc- you know, the teacher he's missing a finger. Well, of course. So my stuff came out pretty good. Like we still have a platter uh, on the uh, it's on the kitchen counter right now, the where we set the bananas that I made in shop. It looks fantastic. I always made the ashtray, the toilet paper holder, and then <laughs> like a box. My parents have a shadow box on the wall as we speak with knickknacks on it. Very nice. From my high school shop. I was terrible at it too, Michael. You have my uh, sympathy. <laughs> There's positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing quite well. The world got slightly less funnier. Actually, not more than slightly, just a lot less funnier yesterday as a comedic actress, Titan Jessica Walters, passed at the age of 80. Uh, her resume, quite impressive. Uh, most known as the mother from Arrested Development, would be my guess. 
Uh, but she's done tons of voiceover work. She's also f- uh, featured in the show Archer. She was the the mom dinosaur from the show Dinosaur way mm. back in the day. Wow. Uh, and uh, here is uh, here is just one of many several clips. I believe we have a full montage to get to later of uh, just uh, the the uh, hilarious uh, Jessica Walter. Oh, she thinks I'm too critical. That's another fault of hers. Just, just brutal, <laughs> quick. Yeah. Just ah, I just she got was, eviscerated. She was a drinking lady, if I remember correctly, from that role. She, yeah. The role, yes, certainly. <laughs> um, did the uh, COVID get her? Uh, passed the, in her sleep, I, I believe. Mm. So I, I don't, I don't know. And it's none of my business, uh, which is worth pointing out. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this Friday, March 26th of the year 2021, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin pretending that the President of the United States didn't reveal himself as a doddering old fool opening the door to God knows what geopolitical nightmare, precisely according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Normally when a 78-year-old answers an hour of questions, they're getting a physical. (laughs) It it sounds like you've got a hot take on (laughs) yesterday's first press conference. I'll just tell you what I think. How you gauge the temperature of it? I was frightened for the country, and only ten reporters, carefully chosen. Nobody right. that was going to ask any uh, too tough questions. The president with his crib notes in front of him to handle the ten pre-selected reporters, hurling the softest of softballs his way. Mm. Anyway, how does mailbag look? It's it's very good actually. It's it's impressive. Later in the show, we all have to do push-ups. There's some new guidelines out that are very important in terms of whether you're going to drop dead or not. <laughs> and that's why we all need to do push-ups later. Oh, I'd say I was going to uh, do it yesterday yeah. when I came across this, but I thought, you know, I'm going to put it off till the show because I'm not exactly sure. Assessing a, whether you're about to drop dead or not should be priority number one. It really, really should be. There is a critical... Also great content, though. There's a critical number... <laughs> Of getting to push-ups, the number of push-ups you can do where you cross by one push-up and your chance of dying goes way down. Wow. Which is amazing. I haven't done a push-up in ages. I haven't done a push-up since we mocked Marshall for not being able to do 10, however many years ago that was, our old news guy, who that, who that who, whose New Year's resolution was to do 10 push-ups and he never made it past three. Yeah, and the third one was pretty shaky. <laughs> like three and three quarters, at least. Uh, you guys mm, round down way too no, no, so. no, 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 no. I was there. I saw it. But I remember I cranked out 11 that day. And can I still do that? I don't know, because it's critical to whether or not you're going to drop dead. It's serious. It's actually, it's pretty damned interesting, actually. It'll have, I'll bet every male who hears this will do push-ups today when they hear it. So we'll get to that later this hour, including Joe's hot take. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't care if Monday's blue, Tuesday's gray and Wednesday too. Thursday, I don't care about you. It's Friday, I'm in love. Our preoccupation with the filibuster is totally legitimate. President Barack Obama said he believed the filibuster was a relic of the Jim Crow era. Do you agree? Yes. Well, Barack Obama said that recently. He didn't say that in 2005. We'll get to that later. Oh, yeah. Also, JHT on the way. That's Joe's hot take. On the, uh, a, we do a talk show. We've got to have a hot take. 
I don't think there's any need to point out that we have one. It's like saying it during a baseball game, coming up, more baseball. (laughs) We know. That's why we're here. Yeah, it's true. That's a decent point. (laughs) All right. Mailbag. Coming. No, Sean was talking over me. Yeah, no. Michael, I said coming up. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you make Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle. (laughs) I still don't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's, yeah, anyway. Uh, But first, let's take a fond look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. You don't like Dr. Fauci, do you? <laughs> Any sort of a, a gendered language, calling your mother your mother, calling your girlfriend your girlfriend, calling your wife your wife, that is verboten. <laughs> Strange, they can't seem to point out any other places where those hack framers f***ed up the word. We don't like to use the word learning loss. Uh, we like to use the word learning change. And, and he always does the list, number one, the one part. Number two, what they said. Number three, you get the drill. Come on. Uh, the border is closed. The border is secure. It's rich that Secretary Mayorkas won't let press travel with him to the border, but he will peddle the same kind of nonsense that has created the Biden border crisis in the first place. Come on, you dog-based pony soldier. You know, it's just so on. That's good. Most presidents, ex-presidents like yourself, do not weigh in at this level. Why did you feel like you needed to on this issue? Well, you called me. I didn't call you, in all fairness. Spring break state of emergency. One guy dressed as the Joker climbed on top of a car with an American flag, tossed dollar bills, and declared COVID's over. We have to wake up early just to have fun. Not cool. But there's still plenty of things you can do at the park, like pretend the urinal is Splash Mountain. (laughs) (laughs) How about I can read what I want? I'm a musician. Don't worry, it won't happen again. If if there was a Q Klux Klan of sex fiends, a Kleenex Klux Klan or whatever. Fail to account for white supremacy and veganism, you get white veganism. How hot is Jack Dorsey's seat going to be? Well, I think he it's fair to say he may be the most chill of the three CEOs. He's not chill. He's starving. I can't lift my arm. Or, or I don't know, lick some wheat or something. <laughs> Try to get a calorie. <laughs> bunch of wheat lickers i had one girl saying we have to get up early just to have fun not cool not cool <laughs> <laughs> oh boy mailbag did you know you can email us at mailbag at armstrong that's mailbag at armstrong you want to register an opinion is something we ought to be talking about send the link whatever Here's your freedom, love, and quote today from the great Shelby Steele, fellow at the Hoover Institution. Freedom is just freedom. It is a condition, not an agent of change. It does not develop or uplift those who win it. Freedom holds us accountable, mm. no matter the disadvantages we inherit from the past. Boy, that's pretty good right there. Yeah, yeah, that is good. Freedom holds us accountable. Oh, that's why so many people hate it. Yeah, it alone it, it alone doesn't get you where you want to be. Now it's right. up to you, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Shelly with a nice note. It dawned on me that your show is like a fine collection of Gary Larson cartoons. A listener must have world knowledge, common sense, a sense of irony, sense of humor, and appreciate quirkiness and irreverence to get your show. Wow. If, if one is smart enough, it's a daily dose of reality and fun. So, you know, and that that's absolutely true. You've figured it out, Shelley. And indeed, if if it ever strikes you that the Armstrong and Getty show really sucks today, that's you. That's not us. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah. Wow. That's your fault. Wow. We've done the yeah. studies. <laughs> uh, Jeff, uh, frequent correspondent, uh, says some very nice things about the show, which we appreciate. He says, like your long-standing haiku challenges and uh, reading of the haikus, could we do the same thing with writing a sentence in the same style as the Second Amendment? A well-regulated militia, comma, being necessary to the security of a free state, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Here's my effort, he writes. In order to have a functioning team, comma, to be part of a living ecosystem, comma, the free flow of food will continue into my mouth. <laughs> what? He writes. So I tried one. I tried one, although this this was not ridiculous. I, I did this exercise, and I think I learned something. A strong defensive baseball team, comma, being critical to winning the World Series, comma, the right of the people to keep and bear mitts will not be infringed. And I read that, and I thought, I don't have the slightest doubt that that includes anybody who wants to wear a mitt. The right of the people, uh, or um, the right of the people to keep and bear mitts, will not be infringed. It's a very definitive phrase. Why would you anyway, write it that way, though? I don't know. Maybe they were in a hurry. Maybe they were me in college, and they turned in their first draft. I do not know. So Joe is uh, like pulling at his leash to talk about uh, Biden's press conference yesterday. <laughs> uh, New York Post uh, cover is glazed and confused. I think that's a pretty good description. Uh, we'll play you some clips and talk a little bit about it if you weren't paying attention yesterday. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I will commit to transparency, and as soon as I am in a position to be able to implement what we're doing right now. Okay, and just to be clear, how soon will that be, Mr. President? I don't know. Wow. That was an extraordinary moment during the Biden press conference yesterday in which he was asked about some media transparency with the border situation, particularly with the kids. And he said, well, I'll commit to transparency when we're ready for it, yeah, which is an amazing thing to say. Well, it's amazing on both ends. It's amazing he that was his answer, and it's amazing the press just, okay. That wow. sounds fair. You'll become transparent whenever it's uh, appropriate or convenient for you. <laughs> okay. Actually, that gal saying, do you know when that might be, was the strongest, most spirited pushback from our aggressive media. Remember how combative they were with Trump, Jim Acosta, and the rest of it turned into shouting matches. That was extraordinary yesterday. Uh, my general, my overall uh, view, my 30,000-foot view of this, is there were a number of moments like that where I take a bit of ideological glee in a guy, I think, who's way off track in terms of what's best for America. I take, I admit, I take glee in him screwing up and doing a poor job of defending what he's doing. Uh, I, I, it made me happy. On the other hand, there were moments that scared me a bit as an American. Um, and actually, that was kind of both, because the idea that the press would say, well, okay, no transparency for now, is a little scary, since they are our watchdog. Uh, but let's uh, let's do a couple just newsy moments, then I'll get to the really scary part, in my view. Um, clip 31, Sean, will play next. This, it, absolutely, Jack, you nailed it the other day, when all of a sudden, 
the conversation about guns petered out. I mean, went from 60 to zero. And on CNN, they were saying, yeah, we don't think that's going to happen. That was them being tipped off by people in the Democratic Party that there was going to be no effort toward gun control. And indeed, Biden spoke to uh, what are you going to do about guns in 31? Successful presidents better than me have been successful in large part because they know how to time what they're doing. Order it. Okay, I could have used a lot longer version of that clip, but uh, he said, and, and so, uh, we want to do infrastructure. So he just explained, we're not going to talk about guns now. The, yeah, the timing's not right. I actually thought that was pretty interesting and probably true, but I'd never really thought about it before, that uh, presidents that are successful and get things done, they time things correctly. And um, I'd never thought about that before. So he believes, and I think he's probably right, if they get into the whole gun debate and put a whole bunch of capital behind that, uh, you know, political capital, political will and energy into that, that will take weeks, maybe months, and it'll be the only thing that is being talked about. And his his transforming America through these giant packages won't happen. Right, and I fell into the trap that I've been yelling about. I called it the infrastructure package. It's it's a reforming everything in America package. Right. It's calling everything infrastructure and putting the federal government in charge of it. And that's the, that's where they're really going to jam in a lot of the the Green New Deal, um, green energy stuff. Right, right. So there's some really it's interesting. Pretty interesting. It's a very disciplined approach from uh, from the White House of trying to do what they want to do. It's not generally anything anybody says out loud. No, which no, was a little you, weird. You couldn't say that out loud. It sounds too awful. That you know, we got other things we're going to get done, and uh, we're going to put the, uh, the the gun debate on the back burner. Probably even callously saying there'll be more mass shootings in my term, and we'll have the opportunity to address this again. Right, right. So if you're just tuning in, the press conference yesterday, it was 10 carefully selected reporters asking softball-y questions, and the president used crib notes, something that uh, few can remember any president ever doing for a general press conference, and that was a little disturbing. Uh, some really interesting things were said about the filibuster. We're going to get to that in a little while because it's, we're going to do a whole segment on that. The stuff that people are making a big deal, they asked him if he's going to run against Trump, and he didn't close it out. Oh, yeah, shut up. Stop dumb. it. That's just dumb. Yeah, it's it You were going to catch dumb. him up there, and he's going to say, no, I'm not running again, and this is how I'm going to announce it, because oh, somebody, somebody asked me. Uh, yeah, it's just God m- slipped. moronic. <laughs> it is moronic, <laughs> and the discussion of it's even more moronic. But he, he did his best to defend the, the stuff going on at the border, and, man, did he say some crazy stuff. Uh, clip 38, please. The idea that I'm going to say which I would never do. If an unaccompanied child ends up at the border, we're just going to let him starve to death and stay on the other side. No previous administration did that either, except Trump. I'm not going to do it. I make no apologies for ending programs that did not exist before Trump became president that have an incredibly negative impact on the law, international law, as well as on human dignity. Wow, how's the human dignity going right now? And the whole idea that kids were starving in the mud? That that didn't happen. One thing that I was wondering during particularly the immigration part of it was how up to speed is he on what is actually happening there? Does he know what the conditions are, are like in those places? Like, you know, he's seen the ABC News reports and that sort of stuff, and he's just, you know, doing normal politician spin stuff? Or does he actually not really know? He's being told various things by his uh, 
his people, and he believes them. Yeah, you know, every president of the last five, since I've really been paying attention to this stuff, the people on the other side of the aisle have said, oh, he's just a puppet, Bush is a puppet, Cheney's running the White right. House or whatever. Right. Just, yeah, yeah, right. always Trump. It's, it's a cliche, and it's tired. I do wonder to what extent Joe Biden has his hand on the uh, the helm, the wheel, you know, of the ship. It's possible he's got advisors saying, no, things are going great, and this, and this, and this, and this, and they're feeding him. You know, Axios says that the numbers they're using to defend themselves, they're, they're, they're misreading month-to-month statistics. They're using a month-ago statistics, and that's how they have much better numbers than the ones that, for instance, Axios is putting out. And that's uh, one of their ways of getting around it. it. It's possible he's got advisors going there, feeding him numbers from a previous month that make the percentages look much better. And he doesn't know that there are 4,000 kids in a facility for 250 sleeping on the floor that haven't had a shower in 10 days. You know, I don't know that you're wrong. I think it's more likely, my personal opinion, that they're giving him the straight scoop, but telling him, look, go with last month's statistics, because if we admit how terrible it is, we are going to be absolutely kneecapped. Could be. I just I want to speak on this issue of him using notes and everything like that, because I've seen a lot of back and forth on that on uh, cable news shows and uh, in the media. And, you know, because Trump got caught with uh, holding his note card with various things on it and other presidents have, but... Um, I thought Britt Hume made a very good point on on some of the particulars. Now, first of all, uh, one of your blue checkmark media people tweeted out that was a crisp, informative press conference. And Britt Hume tweeted out that person. Nothing says crisp press conference like reading foreign policy answers out of a briefing book. He's making a distinction about the foreign policy stuff specifically. Uh, Karen Tumulty of USA Today or Washington Post said, actually having a briefing book is an improvement over recent history. Reading it is a double improvement, to which Bert Hume replied, and I thought this was really good. Oh, for Pete's sake, Karen. Biden's been in Washington nearly 50 years and was twice chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Trump's ignorance does not excuse Biden's. I do think there's a bit of a using Trump as the standard and Biden is doing this compared to Trump as yeah. opposed to comparing Biden to Obama or Bush or any of the other presidents and or Biden himself. If you don't remember Joe Biden, I've been following that stuff because I'm so into foreign policy. He was the chair of the Foreign Relations Committee multiple times for many years, and he was sharp as a tack and knew everything that was going on in the world because he was on Meet the Press, I think, more than any person that's ever been on Meet the Press hmm. back in the uh, uh, the Tim Russert days. And he was he could answer any question with with intricate numbers and history all the time. Yeah. So that's who Joe Biden is. Him standing up there with his own policies now and reading word for word what our plan is in Afghanistan. Come on now. Yeah, that's disturbing. Which brings us to the next phase of this segment, the disturbing parts. Uh, he's uh, going on to talk about immigration a little more in clip 39. Listen to how this ends. So we're building back up the capacity that should have been maintained and built upon that Trump dismantled. It's going to take time. And the other thing we're doing, I might add, am I giving you too long an answer? Because if you don't want the detail. No, no, but I mean, I, I don't know how much detail you want about immigration. Maybe I'll stop there in Finnerig. In Finnerig? <laughs> we got to play the one big. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. We're working up to it. Here's the part. You know, the poor guy. I felt bad. It made me makes me feel uncomfortable hearing it. It, it does. Here's the part that my. Uh, you know, my satisfaction that, you know, I hate his policies and he's doing a poor job defending him ended. And I started to fear for the country. And I absolutely pictured 
uh, in uh, in Beijing and in Moscow, everybody getting all excited and, and having a snap meeting. All right, how much do we try to accomplish and how quickly? Did you see the president of the United States? That would be clip 37. I'm going to say something outrageous. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if you if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to Anyway, uh, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. Wow. Wow. Do you that, have any that's guess, not good. Do you have any guesses to where he was going there? Because it sounded um, like it was going to be something kind of controversial or, or, or big or thought-provoking. But then he, did, he, did he bail? Did he bail and decide, nah, I better not say that? Or did he forget where he was going? Let's hear it one more time. I'm going to say something outrageous. Yeah. I have never been particularly poor at calculating how to get things done in the United States Senate. So the best way to get something done, if, you, if it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to... Anyway. Uh, I'm, we're going to get a lot done. I mean, obviously he was talking about getting stuff through the Senate. Was he going to say something have, outrageous? He said, I'm going to say something outrageous, or was he being sarcastic? Did he have an aide waving him off? No, don't say that. Did he have a senior moment? I, I don't, mean, that I don't was, know. I kind of uh, wanted to hear what he was going to say. So, Yeah, well, so did he, apparently, but he there forgot in it. What, what? There in Kinnerk. There in Kinnerk. He's uh, making reference to the uh, Kinnerk uh, Institute of Foreign Policy. There in Kinnerk. There in Kinnerk. <sighs> That was not good. And it was 10 carefully chosen softball chuckers, including this gal from uh, NPR. We don't really have time to talk about her, but she was like, you know, you're known as a good and decent man, sir. Let's talk about your wonderful, kind immigration policy. It was humiliating. Your tax dollars at work. Nice job, NPR. Uh, Question for you guys. Do you think he makes two years as president? (sighs) Well, it's not a sure bet by any means. I wonder how many of these press conferences he'll have. I wonder how long before he ever has another one. And that one was pretty, you know, pretty orchestrated. Yeah. Um, there is no Peter Ducey allowed to speak from Fox News. Well, how about the fact that there was not as well, there wasn't a single question about the COVID, which is just amazing because on all polls, it's the number one issue in the country. But um, uh, n- nobody asking about schools. No, not one question about why are the schools not open. Oh my God, the not tragedy single, of the American child. Not a going single on. question. Yeah, the CDC guidelines on schools. Why are schools still closed? Nope, nothing. The schools in Connecticut are closed too. If if I it's could terrible. have been in there, that would have been my thing. I'd have asked that respectfully. Why are the schools not closed? He would have said we need to give them more money and ventilation and all the crap, then I would have said there's no, there are all kinds of schools open across the country. There have been no problems, and they didn't do any of those things you just talked about. There's no science keeping the schools from being closed. And I'd love to hear what his response to that is. You never would have gotten a question. They wouldn't have called on you. Yeah, well, you know, I don't blame him for wanting to handle it that way. Oh, we do. I think the whole press conference made Jim Crow look like Jim Eagle, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. We, we do need to play that. We need to get into the whole uh, filibuster thing, because that's pretty interesting. Um, I don't know why this Barack Obama clip just emerged on the uh, the, the, the internets yesterday, but it uh, throws a wrench in some of these discussions, it seems like to me.
Uh, all that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That doesn't exist. Okay, so you uh, what's the what's the background on this? This is a uh, what are we having technical issues? Technical issues. The background on this is the the caught on mic moment. A hot mic moment, Jack. A naughty pilot who apparently is flying over San Jose has a number of critical comments about the good people of San Jose, where uh, the AG show has been uh, huge for many, many years, and we appreciate their listenership. Uh, nobody's sure exactly who this pilot is, but his opinion is unmistakable. One off, three is ready to go. Yeah, boy, God, liberal. Weirdos. Probably driving around them all day. Lower. Go slow as and last calling on tower, that's uh one two four point zero hot mic. If you don't have balls in this, you're fing rolling coal, man. Here's where he notices. God damn it. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> oh, GD it. <laughs> So uh, among his more choice quotes were, F this place, GD liberal Fs, effing weirdos, probably driving around in effing Hyundais. Well, now that's a slam. Effing <laughs> loads of S that go slow as F. You don't have balls unless you're effing rolling coal, man, GD it. And as this pilot's blog I'm reading says, who says stuff like this? What exactly is his point? He has a problem with what, Hyundai's? I like the term rolling coal. I've never heard that one before. No, no me neither. And so there's a giant uh, effort to figure out who this guy is based on the garbled and difficult to hear well, well, number, he says. Well, wait a second. If they found out who he was, what would happen? Would he be in trouble? Are you not yeah, allowed to get say fired? But why? Well, he's at work and he's saying things. Now, he didn't realize the mic was stuck on, but he's at work slandering the people of San Jose. You can't do that in private, though? Well, you you know, it's. You can't do it in an open mic. You know, I appreciate you so playing you, the devil's advocate so here. So you get I fired do. for the for the accident of having the microphone open. That's what you're getting fired for? Well, but essentially. You could say that in, in private and you'd be okay? But you and I know this better than anybody on earth, practically. If we say something around a mic and it's hot and we didn't realize it's hot, our career is over. I'll say it right now about a whole bunch of cities. Effing liberals in Austin, <laughs> Texas. Effing liberals in San Francisco. Portland, Portland, do Portland next. <laughs> am, I, am I getting fired for that? I don't. <laughs> effing weirdos. Probably driving around in effing Hyundais. You don't have balls unless you're rolling coal. Right. <laughs> Effing loads of S that go slow as F. <laughs> Quite the vocabulary. What? <laughs> I just don't understand why that's a fireball offense. Right. 
You can't call the people of a major American city effing weirdos and GD liberal Fs. But but well, do you think that pilots don't think that about various towns? Well, of that course there they aren't do. Liberal pilots that fly over, you know, pick a town and say, effing conservatives probably voted for Trump. Half of them probably stormed the Capitol. That don't think <laughs> that or say that. So then, what the hell does the difference make? You think you're gonna they're gonna crash their plane into it or what? <laughs> Wow, you're really soft on slandering the people of San Jose. I will not have it. I will stand s- strongly with my friends in San Jose. It, it is It is not about the actions. It is about the PR headache that you have caused us. Yes, oh, no, and the I, lack of judgment. I get I get that, but well, what's the judgment, though? By, by accidentally leaving the microphone on? That's a, an instant mistake. You could do that. <sighs> Are you just being contrary or what? If you... Have a mic. I feel like there's been a bunch of these lately where we where where we hear somebody say something that we know they think yeah. <laughs> or lots of people think. Right. But once it's down on paper, then you can't work there anymore. And I'm Mr. Don't Fire People for Stupid Reasons. But if you have a mic and you know sometimes mics are hot and you say something right into the mic or can be heard by the mic that insults the people of one of your your customer cities. You get poop cans. So where where were they hearing it? In the plane or back at the All tower? All the pilots could hear it. But not the passengers in the plane? No. Mm. Armstrong and Getty.